This is Mike Roth. Welcome to the Open Forum in the Villages podcast. In this show, we're going to talk to leaders in the community, leaders of clubs, and interesting folks who live here in the villages to give perspective of what's happening here in the villages and information that I think all villagers should have. We hope to add a new episode every Friday morning at 9 o'clock. This is Mike Roth. I'm here with Frank Lancion. Thanks for joining me, Frank. You're welcome. In today's show, we're going to cover a myriad of topics. But before we start, I'm going to remind everyone that second and fourth Friday nights of the month here in the villages, 7 to 9 p.m., I'm part of a new group called Boomer Humor Review. And that's a place where people can do stand-up comedy, sketch comedy, musical parody. So it's a fun time for both the performers and the guests who come. So I start, I'd like to put a joke into every one of these shows, Frank. What did one math, you're, you're a writer, so what did one math book say to the other? Doesn't add up. That's good. My math books say I've got so many problems. <laughs> okay, let's tell our audience, Frank, about you. Frank Lanconi is a frequent moderator for the Civil Discourse Club South, and he has recently completed a 90-day around the United States trip via RV. You might not know that before he came to the villages, he was a top manager in the computer revolution or the turn of the century. Frank fell into the technology field by accident. He was studying for his doctorate in literature when he realized there were not many jobs for that field. So when he got married, he decided to try to get a job teaching at a community college. And Frank said there were no jobs. Frank earned his bachelor's degree in American literature from Canisius College in Buffalo, New York. He did his graduate work at Indiana University in Bloomington, Indiana, where he met his wife, Diane. Frank, I understand that you've recently finished a book of, of poetry here in the villages. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, well, it's... Uh... Well, first of all, let me kind of set the context. I have two clubs. One is called Civil Discourse South, which is sort of a club for TED Talks. The other is called Whining Words, and that's kind of an entertainment venue. And uh, in the process of that, I became allied with the Writers League of the Villages. So the, the context is this. There's a lot of smart people in the villages, and we all did interesting things when we were working. And people don't turn their minds off when they're retired. They actually now can turn them on to new problems. So I'm one of those folks. I used to dabble a little bit here and there with writing. I did have undergraduate work with that. Mm -hmm. But in a 42-year career, I was focused very much on business and pretty intense. And I got to be a senior vice president. So I didn't have much time in retirement, and particularly as I started getting to be about 70. As that was approaching, I started reflecting on life and found you know what? Poetry was a good way to condense your thoughts and force you to think. So there is a tremendous pool of people in the villages, highly, highly talented. People who did really interesting, challenging things when they were working. And they still have those same people in retirement. And so they don't just sit on the front porch in a rocker and try to see who's going by in their cart. They go out and do things. I have a couple of clubs. One is called Civil Discourse South. You can think of it as kind of like a TED Talk type of club. People come in and they prepare talks in about 20 to 30 minutes. 
the topics are wide ranging and they're fascinating. They had a guy who talked about the uh, the war between AC and DC current, which was the war between Tesla and George Westinghouse. And at that time, they were fighting to see who was going to dominate the world standards. We've had talks on the death of the cash society. Um, we've had talks on the comparison between the Black Death and COVID, which was really interesting. So fascinating talks there. Fascinating literary uh, society here, culture in the villages. So I'm alive with the Writers League of the Villages, and uh, I participate in that. I also have a, a club called Wine and Words. It's the first Thursday of the month at Riverbend. And it's not a club. It's really an entertainment venue. Mm-hmm. We set it up like a cafe. You come in, you bring adult snacks and adult beverages, and we have a kind of an area that's a low tables and chairs, and I interview authors. Those authors then read from their works, and then there's an opportunity for the audience to... What to time of day is that? It is, uh, the doors open at 6, it starts at 6.30 and runs to 8.30 on the first Thursday of each month. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, we have New York Times best-selling authors and Amazon best-selling authors. The Amazon best-selling authors, are, a lot of them are self-published through what's called Kindle Direct Publishing. But they have literally international reader followings. So some of my friends will get up in the morning and say, wow. I'm wondering how many books we sold in India last night. Let's mm-hmm. see. Or I'm going to be online in a Zoom today. I'm going to be talking to folks in Australia in my book club there. Mm-hmm. So we have fascinating people. So there's this very rich intellectual life in the villages. Now, you ask me, am I writing the book? Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. I have a question for you, Mike. How old are you? I feel about 55 most of the time. Well, remember when you were trying to get to 70, when you were kind of making that turn? And it came from me. And I started rounding the bend in City 70 ahead. I realized, hmm, that's no poop old. <laughs> 70 is kind of old. That's a big milestone in life. You really are making the transition. You're not a kid anymore. You're not 50s. So I started writing poems. I just found it was a very disciplined way to force yourself to think in a focused way. With my involvement with the Writers League, I had a lot of folks. I would read a couple of my poems at my, at my meetings. And I said, you ought to put that in a book. Mm-hmm. So I now have on my website, which is Frank A. Lancione, L-A-N-C-I-O-N-E dot com. It's my family website. If you go there, there's a tab that says Poems on Love and Light. And there's a draft of the book. It's called Sunset Years. Poems for seniors who still love life and each other. Mm-hmm. So it's 100 poems. They cover everything from still loving your spouse to still wanting to exceed, succeed, and, and really increase physically to grandkids and what's that like to tours and you know cruising the Caribbean. So that's online and I'm getting some interesting feedback and I plan to publish that in the fourth quarter. Okay. And you're gonna publish it on this Kindle Direct? Most likely publish on Kindle Direct. I'm gonna be talking to a couple of publishing houses now over the next thirty to sixty days. As a new publisher, as a new author who's not done this before, I've I've written five children's books, which I, which you can do, you can self-publish and have them printed, and then I would give them to my family members for uh, for Christmas. So my kids have stories, adventure stories written for my grandkids in which it's in their neighborhood, their school, their name, things that we actually did when we visited them, because my grandkids are in Seattle. So we would visit a museum, and then I would the next year write a story about something that happened at the museum. 
and they turn out to be the hero and heroine of the book. And so uh, that was kind of fun when they were growing up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You've recently taken a 10,000-mile trip around the U.S. in an RV. What motivated you to do that? So I want to take you back to December of 2020. December, December of 2020. There were no therapeutics for COVID. We were told that if we touched something somebody else had touched, you could catch COVID from doing that. Mm -hmm. There were going to be vaccines, but there weren't any at the time. Mm -hmm. It had been a year and a half since we saw our family. We had made two attempts to go out to Washington State to visit them in Seattle, and both times the uh, governor, we were going to make a four-day trip just to be there for a few days during Thanksgiving. The governor said, if you come, you've got to stay two weeks quarantined before you can do your, your four days. So that wasn't going to work. We didn't feel comfortable driving in a car. We didn't feel comfortable about flying because we didn't know, you know, if you're driving, staying in motels, whose face was on a pillow. Mm -hmm. So we said, you know what? We had an interest in RVing. I wonder if we could get an RV and cross the country and visit our family that way. So you bought an RV or did you rent an RV? No, bought an RV. You ever, you ever have one of those good things happen? We bought an RV on the last afternoon of the last day of the last week of the last quarter of 2020. They were motivated to sell. And I was motivated to buy. And we got a good, very, very, very good deal. And they got a good deal, too, because they sold one more thing before they closed for the day. Mm -hmm. So we got a very nice RV, small one, about 26 feet, mm -hmm. and across the country had a tow car. And we thought, well... You know, we don't know if we're going to love this or hate this, but we know if we're going all the way out to Seattle, maybe we should see some things around the way. It ended up being a philosophically transformative trip. Have you ever driven through the West? Yes, I have, a couple of times. Okay. I had not. No. I had not. So, a couple of things. When we set this, one of the things that I thought about was, you know, if you were going to spend three months touring another country, when you came back, people wouldn't say, Gee, what did you see? They would ask that question, but they'd also say, What were the highlights? So for us, one of the real highlights was not just seeing things, but the talking to people. And if you were going to Europe and spending three months, somebody would say, I know you saw a lot of cathedrals, but what were the people like? And so that was one of the things we wanted to discover. Now, a little bit of history. I'm from a small town, very small town. My wife is from a very small town. We grew up in kind of classic American values. And we turn on the TV and we see all these people who don't even like our country on TV. Mm -hmm. And we say, is that the majority of people? Is that, what, is that what the people in the little towns like we grew up with? Do they feel that way? So one of the things I did was I asked people as we were going across the country. I would be in a Walmart, at a McDonald's, in a national park, at a... Um, at a truck stop in an RV park and strike up a conversation with somebody and say, hey, can I ask you a question? What do you think of our country? You know, some people are kind of unhappy with this. What do you think? You know what I found? No, tell us about what people said. You're not on a college campus. You go to a Walmart, it doesn't matter what the race, the creed is. You're standing in line, you're joking with somebody and you say, hey, isn't this a great place to live? And you know what they say? Yes, it is. We're lucky to be here. How did you record their comments? I wrote 21 blogs that talked a lot, and they're on my website, that talked a lot about what we were learning and, and what we were learning about people. And then there was another dimension. So the, so the first observation is the average person out there could feel blessed to be an American. Yeah, they understand we've got some problems, but they don't hate the country. 
and they're not trying to bring it down. They love the country. The second thing I found was very personal. You drive across the deserts, you drive through the mountains, you see what it's like to see the, the open plains and the prairies. Mm-hmm. And you suddenly realize something when people say, oh, I hate America. Well, they're really talking about the political structures of America. Mm-hmm. They've actually never seen America. They've never seen those mountains, those valleys, those, those you know, beautiful areas. When you see the physical beauty of the country, particularly in the West, you go to Bryce Canyon and you see this endless array of hoodoos. You go the going to the Sun Road in Glacier National Park and you can't believe it. You feel like you're going to get to the sun. Those things help put in perspective. We're just like another species here. We're like the bison or the squirrels or whatever you'd like to pick. And that actually has an interesting thing. If we're not the center of the universe, then maybe our problems aren't the center of the universe. Maybe all these things that we think are so important, maybe they're not that important. Good. Frank, I want to thank you for joining us today on Open Forum on the Villages. And if any of our listeners are interested in hearing the rest of the interview, sign up for a subscription for the bonus content where this episode will continue. Remember, our next episode will air live next Friday at 9 a.m., or I should say pre-recorded, but that's when it's going to be released. Should you want to become a sponsor of the show, contact me at mike at rothvoice.com. If you know someone that you think should be on the show, contact me via the same email address. And I want to thank everyone for listening to the show. The content of the show is copyright by Roth Voice, all rights reserved.